0: You are listening to audio from Hyde Park Baptist Church in Lumberton, North Carolina. You can join us each Sunday morning at 1045 Eastern Standard Time at hydepark.online.church. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Now I am not uh, Pastor Jeff. He is off on an anniversary trip with Miss Tracy, um, and I am not as your Bolton say Nikki Barnes. Okay, I am a few tattoos short um, of Nikki Barnes, and I'm also a little taller. So I uh, hope he's listening to that one. Um, but uh, I am Pastor Paul. I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, so if you don't know me, I'm usually hanging out with uh, that lot back there. Most of them back there. Um, yes, love each and every one of my students. Zachary, you not me to mention his name, but I think he's paying me another $20 to say that. All right, is that? Okay, okay cool. All right, All right. so, um, yes, I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, we meet at 6 o'clock, so if you want to come hang out with us, come tonight at 6 o'clock. Today, because I was asked to cover and preach... Friday uh, today uh, we are diving into Ephesians, okay? Because I'm not doing Genesis. Uh, I'm not. I'm not jumping into the end, of the end of Genesis. I'm doing something that a section that I love to cover and I love to teach, and that is Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, and we're going to cover verses one through nine, is where we're going to be as Ephesians two, one through nine. <clears throat> In mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Father God, I pray that as we jump into this scripture here, as we talk about this grace that we are undeserving. I pray that your spirit is in this place, speaking through your word, speaking through me, and helping the hearts and, and the ears be open to those here who need to hear this. Praise in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so this is a section that I love to uh, honestly read and talk about. Um, every Bible that I have, uh, this section of Ephesians is usually highlighted because I, I love this section of Ephesians. Uh, and, and what it does, because me, uh, being a nerd, okay, because I'm just, I'm just being, being straight honest with you, um, I, I always think about uh, movies, comics, I think all those kind of things, uh, and, and this section right here, it really sparks one of my big interests, Okay. Now, I know the whole spooky season, Halloween, all that kind of stuff just ended, and I'm sure most you know, people have their opinions on that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, one of my favorite things I like to kind of talk about and kind of watch and be a part of uh, is the whole zombie apocalypse stuff, okay? I, I mean, I, I'm all into that, okay? Uh, I'm all into the whole, the whole issue with zombies and all that kind of stuff. Now, my wife, I can't watch it with my wife, okay? Sarah, she's terrified by it, and I don't know what it is, okay? She's like, now this, this could be happening, you know, vampires, werewolves, all that, eh, but zombies, it could happen. I'm like, no, Sarah, it couldn't happen, but um, I know I, I have to watch it by myself, um, but I'm really big into the show Walking Dead and that kind of whole universe of stuff, but uh, I, I go a step deeper, okay, uh, in, in my, in my uh, nerdiness, okay? I have read all the comics, okay? That, that, that's where the good stuff is, okay? Reading the comics, I'm all into it now one thing that happens in both the comics and the TV show of the walking dead There's one big moment that happens um, uh, There's been a bunch of like fights and fighting for Survival and the group's been through several kind of things like that now they're out in the woods and they're they're kind of camped around Campfire and they've been through a loss of some teammates and so this is the moment where you're like man This this is the part where the leader is gonna say something very encouraging you know, very very something to, to boost the morale. That's not what happens, okay? Um, their leader named Rick Grimes stands up and he, he delivers this message, okay? He says, Yeah, we've been through all this. Yeah, there's 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 suffering, there's there's loss. I mean, we're we're still going, um, but there's an issue. And I gotta clarify this issue. And the whole group's like, what, what is it? What what what's going on? Well, he's held this secret for a while. He says that yeah, we're, we're avoiding the zombies, we're avoiding being bitten and all that kind of stuff. But I found out that if we're to perish in this world, no matter how we're to perish in this world, we're going to come back as one of those walking dead, because the virus is inside of us already. All right, so this, this whole time, this whole, like, up to three seasons, you're watching this and you're cheering the team. Yeah, survive. Yeah, avoid this. Yeah, keep going. But he just brings this crushing thing saying, it's already inside of you you're already destined to be that walking dead. And when I heard that, when I read that, I'm like, whoa. Because <laughs> if that's not what Paul right here is talking about, how you are, you are walking dead, okay? You're born into trespasses. You're born to sin. You're born to separation from God. You, you, you are walking dead. Okay. <laughs> Quiet. Like, 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 like we, we, we are... Thrown off by by, by Siri, but um, but we are the Walking Dead, okay? We are the Walking Dead, and, and so and, and, and that's what we're getting into right here. And and what he says, he says this in verse one: You are dead in the trespasses and sins; you were dead. Okay, and, and then when it says you, okay, he's talking to everybody. Everybody who's reading this message, everybody who's hearing this, he's hearing the letter being spoken, who's reading it today, this right here says, you were born dead. You are dead in trespasses and sins. And now there again, this is, this is spiritually dead, not physically dead. Okay, I know zombie apocalypse is not going to happen, okay, uh, but, but spiritually we are born dead into the curse of being separated from God, pushing against his will, pushing against his love, and pushing against his commands. Right? We can do nothing to please God. Right? Just, just like a just like a person who is physically gone from this world, they cannot respond to physical, physical stimulus, okay? They, they 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 don't hear anything. They don't feel anything. Just like that, when we are spiritually dead, we don't feel God. We, we, we don't feel His truth. Okay, because we are born separated from God. It's there. He wants us to to uh, to acknowledge it. He wants us to be to come back to it. But when we're born spiritually separated in our sin, that's all about us. Our our spiritual faculties are not fun- functioning. And they could not function until God gives us that life. The cause of the spiritual death is our trespasses and sins, right? And how Romans 6.23 says, The wages of those sin is death. The Bible, death means separation. It means not being in God's presence. But your iniquities are separating you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not listen. Even Isaiah, even the Old Testament they recognize, man, that our sins keep us separated from the face of God, from the presence of God. And everyone is born dead when they're brought into this world. The unbeliever is not sick. They, they are dead. Right? You know, I love the whole Princess Bride and the whole thing of like, you know, Wesley when he puts his life on the line for the Princess Buttercup, and basically he, he, he dies under dies the torturing, and they're like, well, he's mostly dead. He's not all dead. Well, no, okay, no, look, look, y'all, we are all spiritually fully dead apart from Christ. There's nothing good in you until you have Christ in you, okay? The only difference between one sinner and another is the state of decay. How far have you given into the world around you? How far have you given into the culture around you? How far have you given into the lies that are being fed to you? How far have you given in and listened? That's different from person to person, but we are all still dead to sin, Now, it says this in verse 2, In which you were once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So we were living for the ways against God. At the beginning of man's spiritual death is our disobedience to the will of God. The world puts so much pressure on each person to try and get them to conform we we got to remember what it says in Romans, right? Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Well, there again, without our salvation, without the gift of Jesus Christ, without us freely accepting that gift and living for him, we cannot discern what's good. We cannot discern what is perfect in the will of God. Jesus Christ was not of this world, and neither are his people but yet the the unsafe person, consciously or unconsciously, is controlled by the values and attitudes of this world. Now, I don't know know if you've heard heard some of these here, uh, but some of the attitudes, some of the mindsets, uh, I I can choose my own sexuality, my own gender. I can choose what I do with my body. I can choose to put the death of another person inside of me. I can get ahead in the world if I act like a victim. I deserve for everyone to hear my feelings and accept them as my truth. I don't need to work for anything. This should just be handed to me. I can decide what is true in the Bible and what is not usable or right today. We have to put massive attention on how we are different and forget that we need to be united. Or uh, nothing is my fault. The blame always belongs to someone else. Now, I'm shocked if you haven't heard these. I've heard these all this month already. But the, the, the prince of the air here, right, uh, it, he is real. There's an enemy against God, and his name is Satan, okay? And he is trying to influence you in the lives of unbelievers, and he's trying to influence the believer to try and to seek to influence and to get us away from the truth. Look, Satan is not like God. He's not on God's level. Okay, God, God is all-powerful. He is all-present. He is all-knowing. Satan is limited. But he does have his associates in this world he does have this power of this world system he does use it to some advantage he wants to make people into children of disobedience just like this now the largest tool that he has the largest thing he uses to influence unbelievers and believers alike is his lies those lies that he, that he floats in there, that he creeps in there from different places, But it's those lies that, that come up in the back of your mind that you're just like, man, that doesn't sound like the Holy Spirit. That doesn't, doesn't sound like God because it, it, it's not God if you hear something like this. The lies we hear like, you're not good enough. Why would God ever love you? You're too far gone. They're better than you. God loves them more than you. Wouldn't you be happier if you just gave in this one time? You're not hurting anybody by doing this. All it takes is just one bump, one nudge, and you're just giving in, just just that little bit. And before you know it, unbelievers and believers alike will be falling into the trap Satan has laid before them. But here's what we got to remember. Psalm 1-1 says this. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Right? How happy is the one who does not walk in that advice? happy is the one that sticks to the word of God? happy is the one that sticks to those around him who build them up in their faith, not walking alongside those that are wicked, or standing in the pathway, just waiting to be swept up, or honestly sitting down just to be overcome by what is wicked in this world? <clears throat> and when it says the, the, the flesh here, The flesh refers to the fallen nature that we are born with right that wants to control the body and the mind and make us disobey god one thing about you know people who have given their faith over to christ and we are Christ's followers and we're we're trying to trying to walk and glorify him why are we shocked when things happen in the world when when sinners sin why are we shocked but when, when we see travesty, when we, when we see shootings, riots, when we see politicians lie to our faces or people in our communities standing for something terrible, why does that shock us? Sinners that are so lost in their sin are going to sin. That's the truth. They're going to sin against God. Is it any wonder that the unsaved person is disobedient to God? They are controlled by the world, they're controlled by the flesh, and they're honestly being led by the devil, by Satan, who's the Lord of the air right now, who has who has reigned over this physical earth right now to go around and influence the enemies of God. They're being swayed by that. The question is, are we, who say that we're Christ followers, who say that we have been saved by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, are we going to be bold and speak out when someone let's say just someone in our church who says that they are Christ's followers, that they want to stand for Jesus, and, and, and they say, they, they, don't, they do something that's against the gospel, they do something against, against the whole stand for Jesus, and let's say that they're lying, they're cheating, or they're, they're stealing, they're gossiping, they're, they're uh, bending the knee to someone and they're, they're the beliefs of this world, or uh, you know, stepping in on their marriage, whatever it is, oh, we can be bold enough to start in our own body of believers, stand up for the truth of the gospel, if we can't do that here among ourselves how are we going to do that to the sinners that are out there who don't even know Jesus Christ who need him how are we going to do that at all now I know this has been a very encouraging message so far <clears throat> we're, 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 we're getting to the good stuff Okay, we're getting to the good stuff because here's, here's the thing the verses, verses 1 through 3 is very much Paul saying hey this is where you started this is where everybody starts and you're all influenced by the wrong things. Then verse 4 says, but God. One of the greatest transitions in all scripture, but God. Whenever you hear that, highlight it, circle it, whatever you want to do, start, put it in there, and say, but God. Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we're dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Now I know, you know. I started out with an example of uh, you know, the Walking Dead. Okay, yeah, that's great. Um, then you know, most often not. There again, most of my sermons, sermons and messages, I, I pull from what I know, and what, what I know is Batman. Okay, I'm just. I know you're like, ah, again? Well, I mean, yeah, there's still there's a lot of good stuff, okay? There's, there's good stuff in this. Uh, so you 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 have you have the hero Batman, okay? And and whenever you usually see Batman, he usually has a sidekick with him, okay? He has a partner, a partner in fighting crime with him, okay? And more often than not, it's a character named Robin, okay? You have Batman and you have Robin. Now, over the hundred years of there being Batman, okay, um, you have five people that officially have been Robin and one unofficial, okay? Now I can go all into like, who the and all that kind of stuff, I'm not going to bore you with that kind of stuff. Actually, it's awesome, okay? If you want to talk about it, we'll talk about it afterwards. But there's been five people and one official one who's been robbing, his sidekick. Now, what, what Batman has done, what he does is he sees these children. He sees these sometimes teens, sometimes younger, and they've been through the hardships of the world. They have seen pain, they have seen loss, they have seen parents die, they have been living in the gutter, they, they, have been, they have had no hope whatsoever. And what he does, he sees them and he relates to them, because he had everything taken away from him at a young age. And so he sees them where they're at, and he says, "You know what you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take you in. I'm going to give you a home. I'm going to give you training. I'm going to give you a new identity, I'm give you a new purpose, new hope. I mean, isn't, isn't that what, what God did for us through Jesus Christ? Amen. Right, that's what our God did for us in giving his only son Jesus, our, our new Savior, our new connector back to him, our new identity. Because, because just, just like when they, when they go out there and they're, they're robbing, like when we put our faith in Christ, God doesn't see your sinful self anymore. When God looks at you, he sees your new identity. He sees Jesus in you. He sees His Son in you. He sees the Holy Spirit marked inside of you, sealed on you. So no, you don't look like your sinful self anymore. You look like your new identity in the holy and righteous Jesus Christ. So he says, even though we were dead, we can be made alive with Christ. For all eternity we'll be recipients of His grace, trophies of His grace. He has displayed infinite riches of grace and kindness to us. Okay, well... uh, that's great, but what is grace? Have you ever thought about asking that? Like, what? like I've grown up all my life, and I've read this, and I'm just like, "What is grace?" Here it is. Okay, grace is receiving something that you did not deserve. Man, in the, in the world today, that's hard to grasp because the only thing we deserve, everything, just to be handed to us. Hmm. But grace is receiving something that you did not deserve. It's because of this love that God has for us, His creation, that He gave us this gift of His grace. Now, you know, God, God being loving, love is one of God's intrinsic abil- attributes. But when this love is related to sinners, it becomes grace. It becomes mercy. It, it shocks people when they discover that we're not saved by God's love. You know, that, that, that's all the world talks about. Is, Let's be love. Let, let's, 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 do, let's be love together. Let's, let's be God's love together. No, we, we are saved by the grace and mercy that comes from that love. He does not give us what we deserve. And in his grace, he gives us what we do not deserve. So I said again. He does not give us what we deserve. And In his grace, he gives us what we do not deserve. All right? He, he says, okay, here's, here's the gift of grace. It's right here here it is. My son Jesus died for you. Just believe in him. Live for it. It's yours. Take it. It's that free gift. Don't need, don't need to pay me. Don't need to give me anything back. Here. It's for you. Now what you know, like, a lot of us at times, we're just like, Yes, great, awesome. Thank you, God. This is great, God. You're great, awesome, God. I couldn't save myself, God. Only through Your grace and mercy can I be saved. Only through Your Son Jesus Christ can I be saved. I believe, and thank you for this gift of grace and mercy. But some of us, is it socks? Is it is it is it a tie? Is it? I don't want it. Okay, I don't want that gift. It's not, no, it's not, it's not flashy. It doesn't make noise. It's not heavy. It's not money. It's not the green stuff. I don't, I don't want it. Okay? Put it in a, and they put it on the shelf. Where they, they say, I don't want it. And they just disregard the free gift of grace and mercy that's right there just waiting for them. God gave us this grace even though we were dead and against him. A commentator said this, we need to remember that no one is beyond the reach of God's regenerating grace and no one is beyond the need for god's regenerating grace everybody everybody needs it but then he goes on he says this um, by grace he had been saved verse six and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in christ jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in christ jesus God didn't give us grace and raise us up from our spiritual death just to leave us there where we are or where you were okay? you know, and, and throughout, the, uh, throughout the gospels Jesus raised um, three people from the dead. You have the widow's son you have Jairus' daughter and then you have Lazarus and one of the things that we kind of forget about especially Lazarus' death when he raised him back from the dead what's the first thing he commanded people to do? He said, take off his burial clothes. Take off those things. He's not dead anymore. I mean, When Jesus resurrected, what did he leave behind? He left behind his burial clothes. He left behind his face covering. left it behind because he didn't need it anymore. He was alive again to the power of God. And because of the power through God and because of the grace and mercy through him to get to Jesus Christ, we don't have to be stuck in our burial clothes anymore. Amen. God doesn't leave you there. We are not raised from the dead unless in the graveyard because we are united in Christ. We have been exalted with him. And we are sharing his throne in the heavenly places. That is our hope. That is our promise right there. He will not leave you in a sinful situation. Right, when things are going wrong in the world and things, things are kind of looking dark, you know, a, lot, a lot of times when, when we go through a hardship, we're like, you know, God, why would you bring us here? Why would you bring us upon us? And God's like, these are your own decisions. <laughs> you, you got yourself here. But, there, there, there's that but, you know, but God, but if you come back to me, if you come back to being obedient, if you come back to, to knowing that love and grace and mercy, I have a way out for you right here. He doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us in a sinful situation and and brokenness. And a lot of times, sometimes, he will cut people out of your lives, but yet he will bring people into your life to lift you up. Will life be without challenge or hardship? No. (laughs) That's 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 a big no. Even Jesus himself said, hey, if you want to follow me, you got to pick up your cross daily. You got to put your cross on yourself daily. We will have fulfillment. We will have power. We will have the grace, the hope. We'll have the love of Jesus Christ within us. Right? So whenever you hear people who have the, you know, the, the life verse, Philippians 4, 13, that can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, man, you gotta know what that means. <laughs> and what the strength really, really allows us to do is pick up our cross daily and go through whatever highs, lows, whatever plentiful or need, whatever it is, we can go through it because we have Jesus in us. God's ultimate purpose in our salvation is that for all eternity, the church would glorify God's grace. Right? The, the reason God has shown us such grace is so we would not be the, the demonstration of his grace forever. I think in the Old Testament, when he chose Israel to be his people, to be his nation, were they any special than anybody else? No, they were not. They're, they're his creation and his image just like we are. They're sinners just like we are. But the whole point of being his people is that they'll be the light. They'll be the example. They would have the one true God that when they truly, they're truly obedient, they're truly serving, they're truly worshiping God, the other nations around them be like man, what do they have? What God do they follow? I want to know that God. Right? And they, 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 they kind of messed that up over the years. But now you, now you have us, right? You have the Jews and the Gentiles being opened up to salvation. All of us are welcomed into the family of God. What are we, what are we supposed to do? Open up that, that free gift of grace. Have a new identity in Jesus Christ. And wouldn't you know, we should probably live that out. You know, you know take, take that love, take that grace, take that mercy, take, take the, the training we have in his word and we have the, 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 the spiritual food right here of what we should do and I don't know, maybe maybe live it out in your walk where you live, where you work, and where you play. Not just the hour and a half that you're in this building. Uh, Pastor Jeff preaching two hours, two and a half hours in this building uh, w- once a week. But God says, look what I can do in such a mess. Look, look what I can do through that person right there. Are you allowing yourself to be the, just the, the the mirror of his grace, letting him to shine off of you into the world around you. I mean, ponder the idea of grace for ages, ages, and eternity to come. Instead of wrath that we deserve. We have everlasting grace. And we have verses eight, eight, and nine. Yeah, you know. You know for by grace we have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it is the gift of God, not a result of works that no one may boast. I mean, when you, when you read these verses, when you, when you read these right here, and you say, "Man, I was I was lost and I was dead, and I'm, the, I'm 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 walking dead in this world." But God loves me enough to give me this grace and give me this this gift of salvation. When you read this, if you're not moved by it, ha. <laughs> Are, are, are you recognizing that you've been brought from dead to life? Have you? Grace, grace means salvation completely apart from any merit or works on our part. Salvation is a gift, not an, not an award. Even, even Paul, who, who, who wrote this, who wrote two-thirds uh, of, of the New Testament here, even him who went on uh, three massive missionary journeys, planted tons of churches, wrote all these letters, went to prison, and died for his faith, even he, in his, a lot of his letters, list off, man, before this, I was, I was just a great Grand Pharisee. I had, all these, I had all these awards. I had all this, this, this uh, acclamation. I had all these things. I, I memorized the Old Testament. And all the, all the laws, you know, all those laws, I check them off daily. I live perfectly by it daily. I did, I did what I could to, to show the message of the Pharisees and all that kind of stuff and show the Old Testament God and all like that. But what you know, until, he says, until he had Christ, All the good things he did were like filthy rags in the eyes of God. Grace grace is a gift, faith is a gift, salvation is a gift. We should never think of salvation as a transaction in which God provides grace if we provide faith. Now the grace is always there. The grace is always there just waiting, just waiting for us. Salvation can't be of works because the work of salvation has already been completed on the cross. There's nothing that you can do for your salvation. You have people out there that think, if I'm just a good person, if I'm just kind to everybody, um, you know, let's think there's two oppositing uh, oppositions right here. You have this side saying they're right. You have this side saying they're right. If I just kind of walk in the middle and say, yeah, you're right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you're right. And why can't we just all kind of like, just get along and be nice to one another uh, and be loving? Can't everybody have their own kind of Truth, that person is fooling themselves. There's nothing that you can do. There's no no good enough person you can be to earn your salvation. There's no work you can do. Because God Himself put on flesh through Jesus Christ. He came and lived the perfect life we could not live. Facing temptation, conquering it. Then he died the death that we deserve. He took on the pain, the humiliation, the, the the being beaten, whipped, spat upon, being cursed at, dying on the cross, being being separated from the power of God, just that we should be in dying. But we know he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay that way. He resurrected through the power of God. He came back conquering death and giving us that eternal hope that when we put to death our sinful selves, or the, the self that we are born in, in trespasses, and we take on that free gift of grace and say, I believe, God, I believe that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for me and that his death, his blood has covered the cost for my sin against you, my rebellion against you. And we share in that resurrection. Because we share in that resurrection, we share in the eternal hope of being with God forever in His grace and His mercy forever. Amen. We can add nothing to it. We do not, not take anything away from it. And when Jesus died on the cross, the veil, the temple, yeah, had the holies of holies in the temple separated by that curtain. Only one man can enter once a year by permission. It was torn from top to bottom saying that we can be in the presence of God again. This is available to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ and places their faith in him as Lord and Savior from their sins. We're not saved because we're smarter than any others. We're not saved because we're prettier than any others. We're not saved because we're more gifted than others. Our salvation is the work of God. Now, I'm always asking this question, whenever I went on to different kind of ministry teams or I brought on to different churches, they always asked me, how would I express salvation to those, uh, you, know, you know, asking kind of, kind of what, what is it? Kind of, kind of what is the, uh, how, how can you explain it? I'm like, okay, well, You know, Jesus' death on the cross, our salvation, his death on the cross is sufficient for all mankind. His death on the cross is sufficient for all people, all time. It's good to cover all sins from creation to when revelation happens. Jesus Christ's death on the cross is sufficient for everybody. And it's offered to everybody. But it's only efficient for those who accept it, those who believe it, and those who place their faith in it. He put forth His Son as our substitute. He granted us the faith to believe in the Savior. Now the question is, if you're being honest with yourself, are you still still one of the kind of walking dead in this world? Are you still allowing yourself to be more overcome with what's in this world and the, the culture around you saying it's important Are you still sitting here in this in this service right now saying, When's this guy gonna stop talking? Because I could care less? Are you still in that mindset? Are you still in that spiritual death? You might think that you have a good life. You might think that things are going your way. When push comes to shove, you know something's wrong. You know something's missing. Are you today going to see that you need to say, no, I am, I am, I am dead to my sins, and I want to be made alive today in Christ. And see, that get the grace is just sitting there waiting, that God says, it's always been here. It's been here waiting for you. All you have to do is just see it, realize it, and believe it. But then, for, for Christians, for, the, for those, who, those who said that they're, they're walking in Christ today, those who said that they have been, they've been washed in by the blood of Jesus Christ, they're marked by the Savior. Great, awesome, glory be to God. Are you living like it? Are you walking like it? Are you just trying to blend in with the ones who are walking dead around you? Trying to keep peace? Trying to be that, that good person? I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Or are you saying, no, I'm going to be different. I'm going to stand right here and declare that I believe in Jesus Christ. I've been saved by his blood. And everybody needs to know that they need that salvation. Are you just keeping it in this building? Or where you live and work and you play? Are you saying, no, I believe in Jesus. This is how he changed my life. And this is how he can change your life. Because Christian, if, if, if we're just holding it in this building... We're missing the point of what it means to have. I like, get the salvation and to live for it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's sermon. For more information about Hyde Park Baptist Church, please check out our website, HydeParkChurch, or on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Hyde Park.